I want to say slutty vegan, slutty vegan, slutty vegan. <laughs> slut, 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 slut. Can yes. you say the word slut? Slut. No. You can See say, that? Why no, can't no, you, you say slut? Because you're telling me to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you can slut. say slut here. This this is a very slutty, slutty space. I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl. And I'm Esther Ikoro. And we're the hosts of the Honest Field Guide podcast. Entrepreneurship is no joke. The journey is full of anticipation, failure, hope, and disappointment. You'll make money and be totally broke at the same time. The Honest Field Guide podcast tells you the truth. We know being an entrepreneur is crazy hard and you will sometimes cry dinner. Listen in to be inspired, laugh, and learn how to really thrive on your business journey. Angel Barnwell is the business manager for the popular restaurant Slutty Vegan. Angel is committed to growing the brand to becoming the most successful fast casual concept in the country. In 2018, she obtained her bachelor's degree in business administration with a concentration in marketing from Colorado Technical University. Upon completion of her degree, Angel began her career at Slutty Vegan as a social media intern, expanding the social presence of the business. In just one year, Angel's role quickly graduated into executive assistant, where she handled the operations and day-to-day responsibilities for the rapidly growing brand. Within 12 months, Angel's hard work and dedication led her to her most current role as business manager for the company. Angel now manages and maintains the organization and business affairs of the entire slutty vegan brand. Angel is proof that all of your slutty dreams can come true when you are open to receiving and working a plan that is very different from the original blueprint. I am tickled that you want to talk to me and not the head honcho, so (laughs) this is dope. (laughs) I think slutty vegan is is particularly interesting. Anyone who knows Ginger knows that she's an extremely picky eater, so anytime we're like, let's go find somewhere to eat, I'm like, you pick, because I'll eat pretty much. I'm not— Yeah, she's right. It's true. I won't eat everything, but I'll eat most things. But slutty vegan is really interesting to me because it's very black and it's very vegan. And those two things usually don't mix. In recent years, they have begun to mix. And so it's always interesting to me when I see people gaining visibility in areas. And and obviously, slutty vegan's brand extends beyond black culture and black community, but it's very much rooted in that type of health and wellness without losing that flavor, all puns intended. We'd really like to learn more about your journey to Slutty Vegan because you're a vegan. Yes. And you're a marketer. Yes. And it seems like the stars just aligned. Yes. And we'd really like to understand how that happened for you. Divine alignment. Divine alignment. Ooh. Divine alignment. How did you find out about Slutty Vegan? I'm a foodie. And that was something that happened before I switched into my vegan lifestyle. So, of course, now I'm having just to find everything that I like to eat vegan. And I stumbled across Slutty Vegan on Instagram like everybody else does now. But I got to get in contact with Slutty Vegan before Slutty Vegan was the Slutty Vegan now that everybody else knows. So I got to go to the shared kitchen where Pinky started, and I got a burger. At the time, she was accepting orders via DM. I didn't do that. I researched and found the address and made a phone call. I was like, you know, just confirming it's correct. Drove over and placed my order. And that was August 28, 2018. And that started a trend for me that I didn't think was going to be a thing. 
I fell in love with it. And then I went back the next day, and then I went back the next day, and then I created a whole expense just for Slutty Vegan because I'd been going back so much to the point where I had two Ziploc gallon-sized bags that I would take with me. One, and I would put both burgers in there. One would be for dinner that night, and the other one would be for lunch the next day. So needless to say, I spent a lot of money (laughs) being a foodie with Slutty Vegan. And then uh, a couple of weeks into my slutty veganess, my slutty vegan chronicles, as I like to call it, there was a Instagram IG story that she put up saying that she was needing a social media intern. I just completed my uh, bachelor's degree, and I wanted to, needed to build experience for my marketing career. I have more of a background that falls on the IT side, heavily based in customer service. So going into the room to now start asking questions about a marketing position, they're now going to look at all my experience like, well, you don't have what we need. So I had to now create something. So I started reaching out to small businesses on Instagram and looking for the opportunity to market for them for free before I graduated I started praying, fasting, visualizing, and trying to start the manifestation process to, I want to be able to use my degree at least once. The only goal that I had for using my marketing degree, the only goal, was to use it one time. I did not want to be the statistic that has a degree in something and they've never used it. I feel like that's a waste of money. If you've gone through four years, six years, eight years to pay for this expensive-ass piece of paper and never use it, that was—I was holding on to that from a perspective of, I don't want to be that person. I'm already a statistic in a lot of other ways. You know, I'm a black woman. I'm not unmarried, don't have any kids, 35. Wherever I should be in my career at that point should have already, quote unquote, finished my education four years in. That didn't happen. I finished it last year. So having that passion of just being able to use it once is what started to lead me down that path to start researching how can I get an internship at 34. Is that even an option? That's something that I want to possibly try to create a, a avenue for people like myself in the near future. I'm going to figure that out right. one way or the other so that those that are finishing their education later in life still has that same opportunity that I had to try to build, literally build for myself. All the other small businesses turned me down or they didn't even contact me back. So it was like, oh, well, what do you do now? Well, at that time, I was, you know, working for a shipping company. So each stop that I've taken, I've been able to pick up gems and tools and knowledge that has been able to help me roll into the position that I'm in now. And I don't take any of those journey stops for granted. So now I'm at this space where I don't know what to do. 
the entry-level positions for marketing are paying way less than what I made at the time. I just need to intern. I need to find the time and try to intern, find a nonprofit or something where they can utilize my skills so I can build my marketing experience. And so I saw the Instagram story based on the fact that my best friend saw it too. And she was like, hey, she rolled over. We were sitting right next to each other at work. And she was like, so you're going to apply for this, right? You're going to send them a message, right? So what was the story? They were looking for a social media intern. I mean, and was it, that was just it. it that was, was like it. A plain like, story. hey, DM us. Nothing we're looking fancy. For us. Nothing fancy. Like, <laughs> Pinky is straight to the point where yeah. she needs something, which I appreciate. It allows for me to, to not have to filter through things. Right. So if you need this, this is what you need. I don't have to interpret what's needed from a business sense, which is great. And so you were thinking these things as you were going along and on this internship path. And yes. then, you know, you were saying, to yourself, this was the plan I thought I needed to be on. These are the conversations I've been having with my family. You know, it looks great on paper. It made sense because I was good at it. You thought it made sense. Thought it made sense because I was good at it. The things that make sense and what we're often finding is, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, innovation, and the people who break cycles and step outside of the boxes, the things that make sense on paper usually aren't the things that really get you to where you want to go. You strike me as a very uh, creative person, but also almost equally as important, a very intentional person. And lots of different entrepreneurs and creatives have their own process of like, whether it's spirituality, you mentioned visualization. And for me, that says intentionality, not just about talking about the things you want to do, but saying, okay, what does it look like when I get there and when I'm in the process? So what switched for you because you were, you got your degree in IT and you see this internship, what made you say, you know what, I'm stepping outside of the corporate machine. I'm going to try to go this way because IT and then marketing for Slutty Vegan are completely different. Let me clear something up. My Bachelor's degree was in business administration, a concentration in marketing. My having IT experience came from working in the cell phone industry. I've worked for two of the largest cell phone companies. That's great corporate experience. Right. Fantastic. So I got to see the ship being ran between two different companies, and they were ran completely different. (laughs) They taught me everything that I know about how to be efficient in business. So the transition started with, I got this degree in one thing, I have the experience in something else, but this is the path that I now need to be taking. If you are doing something without having a intention behind it, then you're doing it for nothing. You are wasting your time and you're wasting your gift. I'm understanding that My gift is marketing. So the switch started happening once I started to send the message out, finally got in contact with Pinky. October 3rd, she gave me the keys to the kingdom. Interesting. I want to ask you about your discovery 
of your desire to do something different, one of the challenges that Black girls have, there's a path that we're shown, and it doesn't include expressing ourselves creatively in many, many multiple ways. There's always this path of money and being a provider. I mean, we are providers. Yes. It's the opposite. <laughs> it is the opposite, you know. We provide life. We provide, right? <laughs> and so how do you Stability. overcome that? Like, you know, how do you overcome that and take a chance? You might as well say Slutty Vegan became full-time in addition to the corporate job that I was still in. And I was sleeping about four or five hours a night. Sleep deprivation will make you start to want to do something different. Because I knew I can't keep doing this. I'm going to fall apart. So now I have to look at how do I make this make sense for my physical and my well-being? Because if those things are not in order, nothing else I do is going to be in order. So then the conversations started happening. You know, I need you more. I need you more. I need you more. Because she was was having that conversation because she was like, this woman is... Knocking out the ballpark. Correct. And that was the continuous change that had been happening. It seemed like every four to six weeks, my responsibilities changed. And it changed for the better because I was, I understood that she was leaning on me and she was leaning on me for a very much good reason because she needed me. I didn't see that at that moment. I just saw it as, look, I'm just trying to get marketing experience and whatever (laughs) happens with this, if it actually turns into something, this is great because I love the brand. The more that I learned about the business, the more that I learned about the vision behind it, the reason why it was created, the person who created it, I fell in love with the brand. And then I thought it was super dope. That's like, wait, I'm actually working for the person that's behind the brand that I now love and the food that I continuously eat. And it got to a place where she leaned on me more, and I was like, okay, so now we have to have a real big girl conversation. If you are saying that you want me full-time, here are the things that I need from you in order to make that happen. So now I'm trying to put myself in a place where I can be creative every day and, you know, think of ideas and come up with strategies and that space started happening round about December, January. And then she tried to replace me as her assistant. Why? Because I was not available to her. She needed me full time. I was in the position part time. She needed me full time. So she tried to replace me. And what do you mean by tried? <laughs> That sounds your face right now is like hilarious. Because she failed miserably. She failed miserably. <laughs> Rightfully so. I am unreplaceable. I am unmatched. I love I love her <laughs> eyes going yeah, up and her eyebrows great. and like her face just sort of lights up like a, a you know a bright sunshine. I know what I have now. I didn't know what I had then. What does that mean? When you have a gift. Sometimes you're not afraid to show your gift, and that gift could very well be packaged in entrepreneurship, packaged in acts of service. And I realized that I pay attention to details of things that most people don't pay attention to. So 
I've given her what she needed to be able to run her business efficiently without having to worry about the nicks and crannies. That transition, that period, that pivot is what got me to the place where it's like, okay, she is really having this, we're having this big girl conversation. You really want me full time? Now, Angel, what do you do? Opportunity and hard work is starting to match. This this lane is starting to be open. If you really want to use your skill sets and actually go into marketing like you say you do, you've got to take this chance. There are other chances that may come, but this chance right here, I feel like it was the opportunity of a lifetime. And a lot of people might not think that, but in my mind and where I sat at that moment— the floodgates opened. Pinky was the—she was the path for me to be able to do what I love doing. I get to play on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter all day. Right, and you love it. And I love it. Coming it's clear. Up, it's obvious that you love it. I, is- I absolutely love it. Thinking about ways to be able to market and people to be able to engage with people. I love it. And I did. I saw that as the opportunity— for the chance for me to be able to to jump into what I love. I'm very strategic about the things that I do because I want it to make sense. I know it's not going to make sense right off the bat once it's put out there and I'm very free-spirited. I I just allow for things to just flow because when they flow, they flow in the direction that they need to flow in. And I feel like when you're going against the grain and you're not paying attention to the inner voice, the inner voice is telling you, try this, do this. So the try this and do this, when I finally took that leap of faith, I had buyer's remorse for like, maybe a good hour. What was your buyer's remorse experience like for that hour? What were the, what was going through your head? Oh shit, I just left a cozy I'm getting paid every two week job. Okay. That was it. Really that's that's it. That was and, it. And what what was your family saying to you? Your friends, your yeah, community. Yeah, that's interesting. What was what was happening? <laughs> I want to hear that. Yeah. So I didn't tell my mom for like a whole month. I told my brothers, I told my sister, I told my best friends, obviously, you know, you go down that that right. path. I didn't tell my mom because I knew had I opened my mouth and said, I am leaving the corporate engine. I am about to do something that rare people in our family do. It's It's great to have beautiful examples of different paths in life. Because yeah, a lot of us don't get those. I think we do. Sometimes we are not open to see it because when you are in your own journey, if you have blinders on, you don't see that there's an opportunity right next to that you could be learning from. You know what, though? I mean, I know what you're saying, but I do feel like, you know, you had some some structure that protected you and and and, and helped you feel safe and things like that. But on the other hand, black women especially in business, are not as employed as white women. 
if generally speaking, 2% of venture capital goes towards women, black women are getting nothing. So some of the barriers that you're referring to are stopping us from growing and being successful and finding our true creative spirit. I mean, it really is happening at so many levels with so many black women. I mean, we do so many, we do workshops right. all over the country um, with Google Digital Coaches. And there are a lot of black women that are amazing and brilliant in their light. And great executors. And they execute. They execute. Barriers are barriers that people think are barriers. Mm. If you think it's a barrier, it's a barrier. If you, we have sisterhoods now that encourage growth, that encourage creativity. And that sisterhood is continuing to grow now because we're stopping the, I need permission for this. Now I need support. Or it's not even, I need support. I'm going to give you support because I see something in you that you don't see for yourself. And sometimes even if you do see it for yourself, there's something in you that wants to give it to somebody else because they don't see their potential. I reel that back in to say, I know my potential. I'm just starting. I'm very sure of myself in that aspect that I know that I can do it. So it is mine. And I'm now giving it to whomever I need to give it to for them to have. But it's mine. It's like you're you're sharing your gift. Yes. And you're taking ownership of the work that you do. Yes. I like that idea because then it makes me feel like all these amazing, talented black women and, and, and women from all backgrounds can kind of form like Voltron and like take ownership of their <laughs> gifts. And Seriously. Like I feel like it's scale and yeah. make something happen. You are working for a very busy visionary, um, inspiring, energetic, creative woman, and she's leading and she's in the front. How have you been able to manage that relationship? Because being a creative is an ego journey in a lot of ways, because you, when you're creating things, you're creating it for yourself as a creative. However, you're creating for Slutty Vegan with this work, and you're also getting what you need as you're creating it, but it's not really yours, right? Like you came into it. So it is mine. Oh my gosh. It is yours. That's it an is interesting mine. mindset. I'm giving it to you. I want you to have this because I realize that my act of service right now is going to bring value. My act of service is going to help relieve some tension. It might even be able to help inspire somebody else. I'm understanding that piece now which is why I'm okay with starting to open up and tell my story and the things that I think and how I got here because I do understand that it's okay for me to be able to give this away because what I give away is going to come back to me, triple fold. What are you giving away? I'm giving away my love. I'm giving away my passion. I'm giving away my drive. I'm giving away my intention. All those things are going to circle back to me. I'm giving away my gift I look at marketing differently. Like if you were to have me to pull up somebody's Instagram right now, I will rip through it to say, change this, delete that, make this a different color, not to tear it down in a negative sense, but let me help you add value to what you have from a sense of your presence from your business, which is the whole point of me creating Angel Bee Marketing. I want to be able to show other small businesses 
it will not take hundreds and thousands of dollars for you to market yourself. Because guess what? I'm with a bomb-ass company that got started on Instagram. You found me on Instagram. I did. Everybody found Slutty Vegan on Instagram. We are popping because of social media. Social media is powerful. And if you allow for this gift that has been put out there, somehow we morphed into this place where social media is now a thing, you can use it for good. And because I've now learned how to tweak it, and not even tweak it, I've learned how to massage it. I've learned how to make it grow in ways that will be positive. Because, of course, there's negativity around us every day. I'm not going to pay attention to how these people have, you know, X, Y, Z on their page and it just, it's not pleasing. If you're able to put the positivity and the love into what you do, it's going to move in a direction that's going to allow for the next person after me to take the baton because there is going to have to be someone that's going to have to come after me to manage Slutty Vegan's page or to manage another business's page because now I'm having businesses that are finding me. Or you're going to be elevated to a different space. And you and have employees. You're going to have to. You're going to have to. And, and you know, for True. example, Pinky is going to have to make some switches as she continues to grow, too. So I feel like I mean, this kind of reminds me of what Oprah does a little bit. You know, I mean, you know, Oprah, you know, collects and finds people and then, you know, she culture cultivates them and, and helps them grow. And they, of course, are like you receiving everything. And then they're going back to share and then they're sort of released and, you know, you know, into the into the ethers. One of the things that you said on one of your Instagram posts was, um, you know, find what you love because then you won't have an attitude anymore. Yeah. You know, can you talk about that? Because that is something that is. Are we all? You know. Black women have an attitude, right? We we are angry or or asking what we for what we want, you know, makes people think that we're being hostile. And and so I, I wanted you to to talk about what you meant behind that whole yes. post. And what what is the post? Do what you were called to do so you can stop having an attitude every day. I just sat there and thought, I was like, I don't have an attitude. Or whatever that attitude is. That's what I all say. <laughs> <laughs> so I realize that I genuinely wake up every day and I'm happy. And this was before my switch into, oh, now I'm I'm in marketing. I'm using my degree. I am I'm allowing myself to be as creative as possible. I'm genuinely happy, but I know I could be happier. And I started to think about some people in my life that have made certain decisions and you can just tell they're not happy. Mm. And then I know some people that are not of my life, but I know them and they just got it. They really have an issue. Like there's an attitude, there's this negative, they, they're they a breeding ground for negativity. And it's like some of those people I've had the the chance, I want to call it an opportunity, real talk, um, but I've had the chance to, to just have a one-off conversation. And then when I hear about the dreams that they have for themselves and the goals that they wanted to achieve, and I'm like, why the hell aren't you doing it? So you mean to tell me that you've sold yourself short? You just didn't do it? You allowed fear to stop you? Yeah. You know that Langston Hughes poem, What Happens to a Dream Deferred? Yeah. Mm -hmm. My mother used to read that to me all the time. It 
has stuck with me because it's almost like, well, I say this about women that I like to be around. I love women with attitudes, but it almost sounds like what you're talking about is like a resentment or a bitterness or the festering of something that is like- It compiles. Died in the- It compiles. graphic. (laughs) No, no. it, It compiles. When you are sitting in a space and you are not allowing yourself to just be who you are, whatever that who you are is, which is why I'm classified as weird or what did we call it earlier? Eclectic. Who calls you that? A lot Somebody of with an attitude. Eclectic. Somebody with an attitude. <laughs> why would you? You're eclectic. I mean, I don't know. That's I, like, a, that's, like a, a, that's a product of how blackness has been framed in the American mind state. Because even we, and we talk about this, Ginger, sometimes. How many times do people challenge our blackness because yeah. we don't sound black enough. I code switch. My, but my my black card has been revoked so many times. That's for other reasons, but we can talk. Oh, no, I'm on, joking. I'm playing, I'm, playing, I'm playing with you. I'm playing with you. But we, like, we have, blackness is not a monolith, but America tries to make us think that it is. So when we don't fit into, and this is also the internalization of stereotypes as well. Like the things that we're allowed to do on the public stage are very monolithic. But, I mean, look at Basquiat, look at James Baldwin, look at Nina Simone, all these people that don't fit into that monolith mm-hmm. and the people who really scratch the surface and step outside and make things that other people consume. It's almost like— Yeah, Pinky Cole, slutty vegan. We keep ourselves— <laughs> I mean, we, for real. We keep ourselves in line oftentimes, even in the way that we handle creatives within our own circle, right? We keep ourselves kind of secluded and sequestered and say, here are the lines, you can't step outside of this or else you're weird or else you're this or else you're that until you're Pharrell Williams, then it's okay. But I say that to say that it's really interesting that we've started to talk about this because then I start to think about veganism, mm-hmm. right? And when we start talking about how- I was weird for that. Right. But then when you go to- Now it's cool. Africa, any it's, country- It's now sexy now. It's like- Wait. It's not a new thing. Other cultures have already been plant based for centuries, and it's just that Black now. Black African cultures. Right. And it's just that now the American standard diet is such trash to our bodies that now some of us who are conscious enough of what am I putting into my temple? And it's not just what you're feeding yourself physically, it's what you're feeding yourself mentally spiritually. What are we feeding ourselves? And now we're starting to make changes so that we're cleansing and constantly rebalancing how I'm thinking, how I'm moving. And I feel like when you, when people are not doing that and they're just allowing all this filth to come in, they got an ad to it every day. So now you're not doing what you were called to do. You're now at this place where you wake up every day and you are very unhappy with the dream that you didn't take. You you are so much sitting in, in fear that you didn't move out of it. And it is a fear could have kept me from making the switch to where I walked away from my job. And, and I said, I, I created this LLC. And I created this LLC really because I saw a need that that Pinky had. In doing what I started doing for her, I was just like, there are small businesses that they need someone that's helping them with their marketing that's not going to cost them five grand a month and they just got started. You know, it's a possibility that they might need uh, maybe a built-in assistant, someone that might have some type of technical knowledge to be able to help with these little things because they're coming in with 
I know how to do this and not this. And the this is I know how to sell. I know how to push this business forward, but I don't know how to market myself and get myself out there and get myself known. And so you could stop waking up with an attitude every day if you just took 30 minutes a day and started doing what you love. If you love painting, paint 30 minutes a day. What you're saying is highlighting the difference between surviving and thriving? Yes. I ran away from, continuously ran away from any type of managerial position that was ever offered to me, supervisorial, whatever. I ran away from it. I did not want to be a glorified babysitter. I just want to be able to come do my job and keep it pushing. You know, I'm going to be very good at my job. I'm going to be very precise in my job, but I just want to be able to do this and so that I can have my time to do X, Y, Z, because that's a responsibility I don't want to take. All of that I've been running from, the demons, quote unquote, has now compiled to where now I am running a business. Yeah. I'm managing a whole lot of stuff now. And that was another aha moment. It's just like, I've been running from this for so many years. And I ran smack dead into what I was running from. So you can't run from what was meant for you. If well, that- hopefully not. Well, you can't. It'll just end poorly. It'll end. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you just never know. I don't know. I feel like what I I love about talking to you is that, you know, you're discovering and changing and evolving. And you also are fortunate enough to be working for a tremendous brand, which I think many people in your position don't have that opportunity. You know, they they are having the they don't have the opportunity to um, work professionally in something they love. You know, they're and working love for brands job. that maybe aren't aren't the best or the greatest or, or they're not giving them the joy that you are getting out of working for Slutty Vegan. And so I think that that's kind of, to me, what I love about the brand. I think that Pinky found somebody absolutely perfect um, that understands the culture, as um, Esther was saying earlier, understands, you know, what needs to happen, how to communicate effectively, and is actually living and walking the dream. You that's, know? that's a big, you know what? It's interesting you say that. It makes the job easier when you're a part of it. Those temptations will come even from an entrepreneurial sense. What is next for you here? What are you, what are your plans? I know that, you know, what what is happening with Slutty Vegan? It's expanding. You know, things are blowing up. I mean, I saw that last Instagram post you put out. This this guy has never had a vegan burger before. He was sitting in the back of a car eating this sloppy, delicious burger saying, oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, the guy's having an orgasm on Instagram. <laughs> I get a joy out of before. I The DMs and the mentions that come in. I get a joy. I get a kick out of being able to just watch the reactions. And I get for, a joy too, and I'm not even like I'm not you. I'm like sitting here living vicariously through this this whole through yes. everyone's experience at Slutty Vegan. So it's a beautiful space that I am in. I am very fortunate. I am extremely grateful, and I will take this and turn it into a lot of other things. You have a platform to do it. You know, I mean, you could be creating things like this. For the brand, because I think the brand has incredible potential to go. Oh, big it does. Oh, and, this and, we're going global at some point. I I, I, I want love us it. to go I want global. to be a part of it. 
And and we're all black here, which is also great. You know, the black creative aesthetic is doing really big things in big, big places. And, you know, these are spaces that have historically and traditionally been blocked, locked down, barrel, chained up, you know, all kinds of things in front of us, preventing us from, you know, being able to even have opportunities in some of the best and biggest creative agencies in the world. I mean, they have, they've just been, you know, we've been out of it, but, you know, here we are, we have Angel Barnwell here talking about her creative expertise and explosive, explosive strategies that she's bringing for Slutty Vegan and for herself. And we need more creative Black women that are out there that are fearless about talking about it, right? And realizing that they have they have the knowledge and the power and the strength and the ability and someone as amazing as Pinky who's saying, look, make it happen. That's that's a big thing. Make it happen. I mean, Esther, I could sit here. We could talk to Angel for another like 10 or 15 hours. We should have a second podcast, a different podcast. It's not the Honest Real Guys podcast, but it's something else with Angel and just sit around and, and have this conversation because I would be this is willing what to, happen. To, to throw whatever It's called out. angel food. Um, you know, so, that is funny know, that right? you say that. I know, right? That is, that is funny you say that. That's something I, I've... You're in my Hold head right it. now. Get out of it. Hold it. Get it. No, she shared it. It's oh, a gift. man. No. Take it. There you go. Take it. I'm Esther Coro. And I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl. And we'll see you next time. The Honest Field Guide podcast is produced by Burke Creative, written and created by Ginger Birkenbuehl and Esther Coro. The podcast is recorded in the innovation and technology capital of the Midwest, Chicago, at Stomping Ground Studios in Ukrainian Village. Original music is written by and provided courtesy of Utah Carroll. Follow Honest Field Guide on Instagram and Twitter. The opinions expressed on the Honest Field Guide are opinions only and only represent the views of Ginger Birkenbuehl and Esther Ikora. E.